Podcasters, it's On the Shelf, the podcast that celebrates all of the young adult novels that we love on our shelves. Presented by the Teen Advisory Board of NC Raleigh's Quail Ridge Books, the home for all of your literary needs. Hey everyone, we're back with On the Shelf, another amazing episode. I'm Elise. I'm Honora. I'm Drew. Christina. I'm Taylor. I'm Granville. I'm Caroline. Yes, we have got an amazing group uh, to talk about should students and teenagers and kids be required to read outside of school. We're going to be talking all about that. It's going to be a great discussion. This is a pretty hot topic because we are all high schoolers, middle schoolers. Um, that's kind of the age group that TAB is um, centered on. And so we're all experiencing this, you know, being required to read outside of school. And we want to kind of have a discussion on how that either helps our love of reading or inhibits it. So we're going to get right into it. The first question that I have for you guys um, is that, do you believe just kind of in general, do you believe that reading is a skill that we should teach in schools? Um, and that should, yeah, be taught in schools that teachers, teachers teach. Absolutely, yes, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you need to know how to read to some degree. <laughs> I think it's definitely important, especially to help students like know what they like, like inter either introduce them to a wide range of genres, because it feels like we need to read the same book over and over again in class. So either introduce them to a wide range of genres or like teach them the resources. Like here's like learning about the Dewey Decimal System or like how to find a book in the library um, or like how to use your local library and get a library card. Um, I think that's really important, especially because then students can go on and read on their own and practice the skill because reading is definitely something you need to like hone too. I love that. And I like how you mentioned like get, teaching them where to find the resources um, and starting yeah. it off like that. Like my school, I ne never even heard of the Dewey Decimal System until I read the like Dewey G. Demichello series. And then like, I never knew how to find a book in a library. I'd always have to go to like the librarian or just search it up. I still yeah. don't think I know what that decimal <laughs> system is. Um, I think it's really important, especially with young kids, to teach them how to find the books that they're interested in, kind of like everyone's been saying, because I think that if kids haven't really had that experience and it becomes like harder or like more overwhelming to try and like go get a book by themselves when they've never really done that before. And I think it's important to like teach them how to like explore different genres on their own. Yeah, like in my elementary school and middle school, um, we would like go on like class trips to the school library all the time and they would like mm -hmm. teach us how to do all these things in the high school they're just kind of like we assume you know how to do it yeah <laughs> we hope you remember and it's like yeah you little kids need to know things <laughs> yeah. yeah I definitely think there's like an age that it should stop though because I think that if you're like making kids in high school read outside of school well one the main reason I think that's bad is, well, one, because they're probably not going to like it at that point because they're not really impressionable anymore, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of, if they don't like reading, it's almost too late. Um, 
I mean, that sounds bad, but like, it's probably just going to make them dislike it more. But two, um, like high schoolers are a lot busier. So if they don't have time to read, it's probably not because they don't want to. It's because they have more of a schedule and more things that they have to be responsible for. Yeah. I think I basically agree with what you're saying. I, but I want to add on, I think that it needs to be required just enough for you to like keep up your reading ability, being able to mm -hmm. read. Yeah. And kind of what Taylor was saying, when we're all so busy that it kind of becomes like the least priority, like lowest priority out of all the scheduling thing, like with clubs and like schoolwork, it's hard to just like find time to read something, especially something that's like a classic or has like older language that's harder to interpret or like focus on for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And you can't really like... <laughs> Yeah. think about yeah. it i think like they should never force or mandate that you read certain books i think it should be you have to read like either a certain amount of books or a certain number of pages by the end of the year but like not i don't really like that idea of reading logs at all because if you like forget one night or just don't have time one day you that counts like against you mm -hmm. you read like two hours the next day yeah, I feel like um, on, on one hand, like sometimes reading like Shakespeare and stuff is kind of like sort of important because like I've heard the argument that it like helps build your like analytical thinking or something, which is like important, like an important skill to have. But I feel like also the reason that a lot of people say they don't like reading is uh, like I I don't know if this is the case for all people, but I know like a lot of people like in my friend group, like say they don't like reading and then um, the, the reason for that is that they've been only forced to read like certain school books that they don't like, but when they actually are reading like, like I'll recommend a like YA novel or something and they'll love it. And like, there's just like a certain genre that they really like. And they just haven't had the experience of that because like, it feels like at least at my school, like we're always reading like um, books that are exactly like Tale of Two Cities or Shakespeare and stuff like that. It's just like the same book essentially over and over again, like with different themes and stuff, but like it's like same language, same like genres, like it's just boring. Yeah, yeah and like, sorry. Um, for my school, for my like English class currently, like she's making us read a ton of books this year, but they're in all sorts of genres. Like we read Trevor Noah's like autobiography, who's a comedian, but then we also read like Siddhartha, which is a super like, higher level thinking like spiritualism book and then right now we're reading crazy rich asians so like we're reading all kinds of books in that class and i think that's a good thing because like you're not just reading the same like old book with like confusing language we're reading like all kinds of books that people can get exposed to and then maybe find like a genre that they love you know yeah, um, I feel like if you are going to mandate like specific amounts of reading or if you're going to mandate like reading outside of school, at least do it with like certain genres or like give a sort of, sort of freedom to it so people can read what they're actually interested in so they can kind of like take more away from it and actually be excited about reading. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to have books in English that you analyze critically and that, you know, might be older or a little bit more difficult to read because they have like good lessons in them and they're famous for a reason. But then like, 
you have to also introduce kids to finding what they like so that they don't just think that's the only way to read. And that brings me to another question that I had. Um, I was doing some research before we met today um, and I saw this this researcher and this like scholar of literature and reading, um, a lady named Louise Rosenblatt, hopefully I'm saying that name right. I don't know, it was in an article that I read. Um, and she basically defined two different types of reading and one was efferent, I think that's, I should like search like how to pronounce everything. Um, reading which is basically reading in order to like analyze and just like obtain information which I feel like is done a lot in school you know to do reading checks and like make sure you remembered this and this and this um you know to like prove that you actually read it and didn't just you know not read it um and then there's aesthetic reading which she defines as like just reading something for the experience, more like just kind of taking it in, like the tone of it um, and that kind of emotional connection between you and the text. And with that, I was wondering, what are your thoughts on these types of reading? Is there, should there be more of an importance? I know right now it seems like in school there's more of an importance on that analytical um, reading, but do you think is one is more important than others or, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think like, in my opinion, the aesthetic thing that you type of reading is more important because later on in life, I feel like you're not gonna be as much analytical in books. You're just gonna be more reading for fun and just to like read instead of not reading to delve into the book and discover secrets. Yeah, like unless that is your job, like or the profession or thing that you're going to go into is like, analyzing various texts or literature it seems like you should kind of be reading more stuff that you enjoy but I don't know well I think oh, sorry you go ahead oh, okay um I think they're equally important but I think that I do like that schools try to do analytical because I think of it more as a way of thinking and like a way of looking at the world and like I think it's the same argument for, okay, so for example, um, my last school, I took Latin for a couple of years, and I still do, and people would be like, why do you take a dead language? There's no point, and I'd be like, well, because it's a way of thinking, and it's the same thing with, like, math and algebra and stuff, like, when you say, oh, it doesn't have, like, a practical application, like, maybe the specific content doesn't, but the way of thinking is really helpful for, like, critical thinking skills, I feel like, and also just in general for, like, empathy when it comes to, um, reading. I was yeah. going to say, very good point, Taylor. That's what I was going to say. We've actually had like a bunch of discussions about that, like in my English class this year. Um, we've been talking a lot about reading for pleasure versus like reading for like to learn or like to analyze. Um, and I, I really honestly depends on the type of book because there are like books that like everybody should read, like how to be an anti-racist. Like that's a really important reading that we all need to take like seriously. Like you can't just read that for fun. Um, 
we're actually reading that in English class right now, which is why I brought it up because we are like using our like analytical like thinking skills to like think about that and like do some serious self-reflecting. Um, and there's a lot of books like that, which uh, everybody should have like should read um, and like take it seriously. So I don't think that every book you read should only because be because you enjoy it because you have to build like empathy skills and like you have to like be learning things. Because if I just read books like um, that were just like, romantic like fluffy books all the time which are like the kind of books I like to read for fun um I wouldn't really like improve as a person because um I wouldn't be learning I like I would still get like important messages from those books but they wouldn't be like as like serious like comparing books like I can't even think of an example right now but like one of those like little cute little like fluffy books compared to like a book like um like a Toni Morrison book is just like a, you should have like a, I don't know if it should be like an equal balance of both of them or if, but you definitely, they definitely both need to be present, even if it's also important. I also think it's important that you enjoy books that are more serious, even if you don't enjoy them in the same way. Like you think like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I'm glad I read this book. Yeah, I think they're equally important for like the skills because like, I feel like no matter what your job is, you're probably going to be reading things and like thinking about like, okay, how will this help me in my job? And I think that like reading books and analyzing them is more like skill-based and it's more about growing these like skill. Wow, how many times is it gonna say skills? Um, <laughs> growing these skills that will help you later while reading for like fun and reading for pleasure is more about like, I'm enjoying this this is something that I use to like unwind or de-stress or something. Mm. I think they're both important. That's very true. That actually, <laughs> your arguments actually kind of made me change my answer a bit. I do feel like it needs to be some sort of split or else, you know, cause you need to know both of them. But I feel like um, for the most part there, especially in school, there should be more of like a pleasure aspect to reading just so they'll want to read some of those tougher books, like things like that. They might kind of feel more drawn to it if they're interested in literature. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, there should be some sort of split. It shouldn't be all analytical or all aesthetic reading, but I feel like students should also have sort of a choice of like what they personally want to read, but there does need to be like some structure in like yeah. overall. Yeah, I think that like students should know how to like assess literature, but I don't think, I think earlier on it should be more aesthetic and like in high school it should be more like assess this article. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it should be like a, a gradual shift. Like you sort of, like you don't just spend all of middle school doing aesthetic and then it's like, oh, you're high school, we're just gonna start doing this. But like you sort of gradually shift into analyzing a little bit more. So then you start off just really enjoying it and like understanding why it's important and how much fun it can be. And then you start moving into like, well, why do people write stories? And like, what does this actually mean for life and whatever? Yeah, and I think a really interesting idea could be like to give the students more choice. Like if you're doing a unit about like a certain thing, like you could be like, like, for example, Shakespeare, like, okay, here's a list of Shakespeare plays that you can read, like pick one, get the book, that's what you're going to read, but you can read any of these like 10 plays, and then like write an essay on it or whatever. So you still have the analytical 
thinking, but I think people will like feel better about it because they're like, oh, I chose it. Because I know like um, at my school, what we do is we have like history electives. So you have to take a history class, but it can be whichever class you want. Um, so like there's like a bunch of different options. Like I took like a woman in history class and like a cultural geography class and like a bunch of different ones. And I know that a lot of people like enjoy the history more now because you're able to choose it whereas if you just we were just taking um like the required like world history in middle school like a bunch of people got really bored and were like I don't like history and now it's their favorite subject um because of that choice um, we have a lot of like free reign over our classes in high mm -hmm. school which is like why a lot more people become a lot more interested in academic yeah. stuff like I've definitely had friends make a like a 180 from being like I don't like school to being like I'm actually really interested in this like mm -hmm. stuff I get to choose um so I think we did that with reading as well like it, even if like you had like the okay here's a book about like being like anti-racist and then there's like five different books about like that option um where it's like you still get like this not this exact same themes but you still get like the importance of it and then you have other books to go back to if you're like I really like Shakespeare so let me read these nine other plays I got the list from yeah um my English class last year they did something like that where we had to read like a survival book and then they gave us a list of like books about survival and you got to pick one granted I didn't like the book I read but I thought it was going to be a lot different than it was so that's my own fault but it was nice that we had like the choice that like if you want to learn about this certain time period or like this certain event that happened you can read this book and like we still had to analyze it granted it was at the beginning of virtual learning so we really didn't but um we still had to like you know think about it um but you had the choice yeah i think it is so important what you said caroline um that choice is you know, helps students really enjoy that reading. And I would argue that between these two types of reading, analytical and more of like emotional connection kind of for enjoyment, I feel like they are, they kind of work together even when in like the same book. Like I feel like some books, you know, are more like um, Christina was talking about earlier, how they're more like cutesy books that are more like for pleasure and there's some more heavier um more heavier books that you should pay attention to. Um, but I would also say that with both of those books, um, I feel like the type, it's not always the book that makes that type of reading that like counts what it is, but it's like the reader, um, you can kind of have both, like you're drawn to a book with that emotional connection. Um, so I know, Christina, you mentioned um, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is such a good book. I read it this year, it was really good. Um, but I feel like I was able to get those themes and to analyze it because there was kind of emotional connection. Um, the way that the writer, you know, wrote was so like, you could feel that empathy with it. So it kind of had that emotional where, and you, I kept reading it um, because I, you know, enjoyed the reading, but then it was also analytical. So um, I would think that there's like, you know, connection between that. Yeah, um, I agree with that, especially with that book. I really, I read that as well. Um, and I liked it because it was almost like a conversation that the author was having with the reader, which I thought made it more like, yeah, more of a connection. I love what everyone is saying. I feel like 
Um, this is such a dis good discussion that we've been having. We've been having a little bit of Zoom difficulties for those listening, um, but that's just 2020. So <laughs> we, I, I think it's a great discussion to have to talk about, you know, if reading should be a taught skill um, or if it should just be a hobby. So the last question that I have to wrap this episode up, this is gonna be a two-parter for those listening because we have just too many thoughts on this and it's hard to get into one episode. So the last question that I wanted to ask you is as a whole, have your experiences in English class and in school added to your love of reading or lessened it? And in other words, do you love to read do you think because of English class and because of what you have been taught and the skills you've been taught in class or just because of your own desires um, and your own curiosity going away from school? You don't mind, I'm gonna go first and then, yeah. Um, so I think that honestly, I've always loved to read since I was like five. And like at that point I didn't like have English class or anything. So I wasn't like inspired by like that, but I did keep reading and like I have been reading more in high school. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily, like I can't exactly track like, oh my gosh, I love this specific book. Um, so I wanted to keep reading because of that book because like freshman and sophomore year, especially like books have been pretty traditional um, high school English, you know, like, we did Macbeth, Tailty Cities in sophomore year and like The Twelfth Night and The Odyssey in freshman year. And those are like the, the big books. Um, and then like this year, I think that I've been more into reading nonfiction because of the books I've been reading in my English class. So I'm actually taking like a crisis in leadership class right now. It's a combination of history and English, which is really cool. Um, so I'm reading stuff like How to Be an Anti-Racist and like a lot of Toni Morrison and um, a book called Between the World and Me, which was really, really good. Um, stuff like that has got me really into reading um, like literature that like will help me like improve as a human being. And that's just like, um, we've had like a lot of really in-depth discussions about that. It's just like, not exactly analytical reading because like it's different than reading Shakespeare or like Dickens or something and like writing essays about it, but it's still like using that like muscle and like practicing like reflecting on yourself and being conscious of your own decisions. Um, so that has definitely inspired me to be reading a lot more recently. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now, but um, bye guys, this is so fun. Hey, Christina, thank you. Hey, Christina. Points too. Alrighty, she had to bow out, but yes, I love what Christina was saying about how her love of reading started when she was younger, when she didn't necessarily have school. Um, so I kind of took that as like, you know, that curiosity starting um, before school. Um, but then she was really able to have a full-fledged love of it through the things she was learning at her school and through the books that they were reading, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I feel like I kind of get a good mix of both from like what I read personally and what I read at school. Because um, school is much more of the analytical stuff and like helping empathy and like reading comprehension and stuff like that and stuff I read for pleasure is more like the aesthetic reading so I it's kind of like an even balance so it's like I get both of them which is good and this is kind of hypocritical to some other things I've said in this episode but um for like everyone but yeah, I feel like it depends on the person and like what they like and how 
they make the balance, but there does definitely need to be a balance between the two, whether it's like you're only reading stuff for school or you're like reading stuff for pleasure and or if you're reading stuff for pleasure and for school just because it's all important yeah that kind of made sense um (laughs) yes yeah I totally agree because I feel like sometimes I'm more in the mood like I really enjoy the English classes that I've had at my school and I've enjoyed like the analytical side of it where we're really tasked with like looking critically at you know, the skills that the writer uses in order to convey different points and more of that analytical side to get certain things from a text. Um, But I have, you know, just enjoyed like reading and not really paying attention to that sort of thing and just letting it kind of soak in um, to my heart. But I also think that those two, yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but I do think that those are very connected because I don't feel like I can fully analyze something if I'm just like, I hate this, like this is so boring. Um, I feel like, like right now in English, we're reading Hamlet and I feel like I can't really like analyze it if I'm just like hating it and just kind of not wanting to take it. But when I'm like, no, this is really cool. And this is like, you know, trying to find kind of like a relation with it and kind of to feel like I understand like, you know, the kind of emotional themes that are in that text um, that I can more analyze it, if that makes sense. That was kind of like a ramble, but. Yeah, that makes sense. Reading is difficult for me at school. We don't do as much reading as we used to. I was, I used to be at a private school where we would do all sorts of stuff, Shakespeare and all this stuff. Now I'm at public school and my English class is not the same. We do not do as much reading and it's just, it's really interesting. Like, I don't know what to think about it. Just there's so little reading going on actually. My, in my English class last year, let's see, we read like very few stuff and we didn't even get to finish reading some of them. We just let, not because of the pandemic, but just because we, you know, just went away from them. So just, I don't know what to think about reading in school anymore. Mm-hmm. I just believe that if you have, I just believe that if you have knowledge to read, you should put it to use outside of school and in school. And school should, you know, make sure that you are keeping that knowledge. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes. Good yeah. That actually, that made me think of something um, that we didn't really talk about at all because it kind of depends on the environment of the school mm-hmm. towards the reading. And also like if the teacher is like excited about it or like about the material and stuff, it kind of changes how we think about it or if the, it's more engaging or if it's just kind of like, eh, we can read this and no one really cares. It's like two very different scenarios and it really changes the way about the individuals think about it. Exactly. My yeah. teacher, she only teaches books that she wants to teach. Like she teaches books that she knows and that she loves. Like she loved Things Fall Apart when she read it in high school. 
and so she's teaching it. She loves Siddhartha when she read it, so she's teaching it, and like Purple Hibiscus, and I think that really like ups the um, like enjoyment or like the well, not necessarily the enjoyment because I haven't enjoyed every book that we read, but it makes me more curious, more like excited to read the books because I'm like, okay, she loves the books, so maybe I'll love them too, and it like she knows the books, so. Yeah, and it can make like the overall task of reading these things sometimes less tedious. Because mm -hmm. if it's a teacher that's just doing it for the curriculum, no one's going to care. Yeah. But if they're just like, yeah, mm -hmm. Shakespeare, you'll be like, okay, <laughs> let's um, give this a go. <laughs> this year, my English teacher, so we've spent like the first semester doing like all these different short stories and like really like deeply analyzing them, which I found really interesting. And he, I like what he does because he'll sometimes ask us afterwards for some more like, okay, so like for example, we read a story that really um, was a, about gender roles, but it was written by someone who meant to teach it in a negative way. Like he meant it to be, like it was written a long time ago, but when we analyzed it, we analyzed it as like, current modern day perspective and I thought it was really interesting and then afterwards we had like a discussion about whether he should continue to teach it like whether it's valuable to learn about it even though it was written with that perspective and I really liked that because I liked that he like made us a part of his decisions because it felt like well one like our like he cared about our opinions and like respected our opinions but two like we really got to understand why he chose what he did so I thought that was interesting Yes, I love what you're saying, Taylor, because I kind of had a similar experience um, with my class um, in junior year last year, where we read The Great Gatsby. I mean, this is not really like- I read that this year. Yes. What year are you in, Granville? I'm a junior. He's a junior. Yeah. So I was a junior last year and I read that. Um, and I- we did a project where we had to choose like a part of the Great Gatsby to make a discussion on and then we had to lead like a class period and ask yeah. questions and basically just kind of like teach um, the Great Gatsby to our fellow students um, which I feel like yeah like Taylor was saying uh, the teach when the teachers like have let you have like a role in kind of talking about a book um, and it's not so like black and white, like where the teacher is just teaching this book and you just have to like this book and have to think it's important um, and have to, you know, just do as I say. And it's much more of like a conversation where you can, I'm kind of going on a ramble, but where you can like, I loved being able to take part and like have a say in what I think, why I think this book is important or not important instead of just, you know, the teacher, you know, telling that you, telling the students what they think about the book, if any of that made sense, but. For my English class, we do seminars after each book, and, like, I don't personally enjoy seminars, but that's my own, like, ooh, uh, that's my own thing, but it's nice that, like, we, that I get to hear other people's, like, perspective while they're reading the book and what they thought of the book, and it's nice that, like, I can write out what I thought of the book, and then my teacher can read it later, um, and it's just, like, it's a good discussion to have, 
even if I'm not participating that much in them, but. Yeah, in my class also, last year my English teacher was really nice. I, she was the best. Um, she would do a lot of discussions where she would say, I'm not gonna say anything. You guys are just gonna, she would just sit back in the back of the classroom and the students just led the discussions and asked each other questions about the book, um, which I think is such a good way to teach reading and the love of reading. Um, because then you have more of like an ownership um, over what you're reading. And it's not just like you're forced to kind of think in the same exact way as your teacher. Um, you're able to form your own like reasons why a book is important or because um, different things stand out to different people. Like when we were reading The Great Gatsby, we talked a lot about, you know, like the themes with like color and different um, like motifs and all that. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I get. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. Great Gatsby. We spent a long time on that. That's why I'm talking about it a lot because um, it was a big, big, big ordeal, but different things stand out to different readers. And I think that is really good to allow students to have ownership over that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so see what you said that way, I forgot what it was called, but that is a good way to teach learning or for reading. In my English class in eighth grade, when I was at my private school, it was a great class. We had that like every Friday, we had one of those where you just, our desks were arranged in a like circle so we could all face and just talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And it just, so it works surprisingly well. You can hear everyone's opinions and get, opinions and it's just it's just so much more efficient for a way to read sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you it's just that like we went to the same school for middle school so like yeah i liked the circle discussions too i feel like this has been a great discussion to end us off i just wanted to ask um what would you say your favorite book that you have read in school has been um, my favorite book I've read for school has to be To Kill a Mockingbird. That's a good one. My favorite book is probably Purple Hibiscus. Ooh. I think mine is, okay, so either A Separate Piece or, um, The Tempest. Ooh, I read The Tempest. That's, yes, that was a good one, actually. I'm trying to remember everything I've read. So I would say my favorite book was probably... The Outsiders. I forgot the author, but good book. Read it in seventh grade. Yeah, that is a good book. Essie Hinton was the author. Look at you, so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor knows. Okay, yeah, I think my favorite book, or at least the one that I can remember, Beloved, we read that this year or last year. It's all a blur by Toni Morrison, which was really good. Um, That's on my shelf. I'm going to read it. Yes, it's really, it's got so much going on and it's so, her writing style is just so vivid and like, sometimes I don't even understand what is actually happening. I'm like, is this like a dream? What is going on? I don't know, um, but it is a really good book. So we are gonna end the episode here. It has been a wild ride. We have had so many great discussion points and, I feel like we've really just started getting our our thoughts out there with this topic of should students be required to read outside of school. 
and read inside school. Um, so we are going to do part two of this and we're going to unpack this some more and make sure to, for those listening, to share your own thoughts about this topic because I know there's so much to talk about with it. Um, with us on Instagram, I'll link that below as always. Uh, and you can make sure to give us reviews wherever you are listening to this podcast. And yes, we are so excited to have you guys listening. And we will see you next Sunday on On the Shelf. Bye. Also, guys, Bye. don't forget, oh. we now have a TikTok. We now have yes. TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Granville. So make sure I will also link that below. We've got a TikTok. So see us giving more recommendations. And and please write reviews. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Please write reviews and hit us up with your own book recommendations that you may have for us or your own thoughts about any of the topics that we discuss on On the Shelf. See you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye. For more Teen Advisory Board, On the Shelf, or anything and everything books, visit us at our Instagram and Twitter at QRBTeen. And for more books to add to your shelves, stop by Quail Ridge Books in Raleigh or check out www.quailridgebooks.com.